What made me first suspect Joe was that he knew more than any innocent person should have known. I suspected Irene the moment I heard the fireman's testimony. The apparently unimportant fact. I, I suspected Elaine the postman did. after he testified. I suspected. I suspected. I suspected. Listen to radio's newest, most interesting, and thrilling program, Suspicion. Now, suspicion. Somewhere in the drama about to be presented is a seemingly unimportant fact, a hidden clue that first casts suspicion on the ultimate culprit. Listen regularly to this thrilling series. Test your powers of observation and deduction and find the hidden clue. It may be a single line, a sound, perhaps a complete scene. All names and characters depicted in this story are fictitious. Any resemblance to persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. In the story we presented last time in this series, Formula for Death, do you remember this scene? George Hentley has just opened a letter left by Paul Houston. What is it? The formula for a new gunpowder. He writes, With a gun barrel of proper strength, this powder will hurl a shell weighing three tons, a distance of no less than 90 miles. He underlined this part. I have told no one of this invention. Under no circumstances is this formula to be given to any person but Howard Kentwell of the United States Department of War. George Huntley phoned the War Department but did not speak to Howard Kentwell. He told no one of the formula. Yet the following morning, supposed agents of the War Department asked George Huntley for the formula. That was the hidden clue, ladies and gentlemen. Now we present Murder by Proxy. London, England. Shortly after 10 o'clock on the night of August 3rd, in a dimly lighted rear room of the Blue Lion Hotel in Limehouse, a man and woman face one another across a small table. His face concealed by a loosely fitting mask, the man speaks first. You've heard my proposition, Irene. What do you say? Oh, I like the money all right, Governor. Then you'll do it? Now, look here. Maybe I'm a criminal, maybe I ain't. But I ain't never done a killing, see? There isn't a chance of your being caught, Irene. Oh, maybe yes and maybe no. I've told you where he'll be tomorrow night at 10.30, and that he'll be alone. All you do is drive past him and shoot. Blimey, if it's so safe, why don't you kill him, Governor? I'd be suspected at once. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll think it over. I don't like him myself, and the thousand pounds would come in right handy. Very well, Irene. I'll phone you in the morning and tell you where to leave me. Hello, Davis speaking. Eh? What's that? Irene Hobson, you say? No, don't lock her up. See that she doesn't talk to anyone. I'll be down there in 10 or 15 minutes. Be sure Irene doesn't talk to anyone. Thanks for calling. Come right in, Irene. 
I don't mind if I do, Inspector. I warned you not to set foot in England again. Mr. Divers, I knowed I was going to be arrested tonight, and I just waited peaceful-like for it. Well, that's the first clever thing you've done in a long time. But if you knew, why didn't you leave? Because I ain't no murderess, not Irene. Eh? That's what I says, Mr. Divers. Irene Hobson ain't no murderess. What the dickens are you talking about? Mm, I knowed you'd perk up your ears, Inspector. Maybe I'm a jewel thief. I ain't saying one way or t'other. But I ain't well, no... What's your story, Irene? Well, it's this way. Less than an hour ago, I was with a gent who asks me if I'll do a murder for him. Hmm. Go on. Not wanting to commit myself one way or t'other, I says, I'll have to think it over. Well, that's quite considerate of you, Irene. And who were you asked to murder? The Prime Minister, little Lord Fauntleroy? You. Or... Huh? Yes, you, Mr. Divers. Hmm. I kind of thought as maybe you'd like to know about it in advance, as to uh... This is your idea of a joke, Irene. It's the I... bloomin' truth, Inspector. I never think the gender for... No, I didn't see him hardly at all then, on account he wore a mask, he did. Go on. Well, his mask slipped a mite, it did, and I seen his eyes. They were like snakes, bright, beady, horrible. And his forehead, it was pale, like a man just out of jail. And it... Blimey, his picture's on your desk. What's that? Where? Right here, on the front page of the Evening Sun, this here gent. Thomas Waterford, author of the book Crusade Against Crime and... Hold on a minute. Huh? Paulding, bring me uh, files H71 and H90. Right away, sir. Now, Irene, are you positive that Thomas Waterford is the man you talked with? Absolutely positive, Mr. Divers. And poor Bertie the lag died, he told me something about Waterford. He done time in Dartmoor, he did. Yes, I know. I sent him up. Uh-oh. But that was 15 years ago. He's gone straight for the last 12 years. Here are the files you asked for, Mr. Davis. Thanks. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Yes, sir? Uh, Irene, are these two pictures also of Waterford? How can I tell if they's him unless I see the old face? Well, do the eyes and forehead resemble Waterford's? Mm, yes, but... That's enough. All you can identify are the forehead and eyes. These pictures are Philip Johnson and Henry Moxley. Waterford's the turf I was talking to. Where? At the Blue Lion Hotel in Limehouse, room 215. Uh, Pauling, will you call in Mr. Grayson? Oh, but there was a murder at Pell Theatre tonight, and Mr. Grayson and Mr. Jeffers are in charge, sir. Oh, very well. You come along, then. Leave word we're going to the Blue Lion in Limehouse. But if this is your idea of a joke, Irene, you laugh on the wrong side of your face before long. This here's it, sir. There ain't no sign, but it's the Blue Lion, all right. Wait here, Paulding. Yes, sir. Come along, Irene. If the night clerk identifies the man you say is Waterford... Oh, I knows what I knows, Inspector. Well, we'll see. But don't you say anything unless I tell you to. No, I won't. But I know we'll go right in well, here, we'll sir. go up and get him to identify him. Don't say anything. Oh! Mr. Davis, are you, all, are you all right? Yes, I'm all right, but Irene's dead, Paulding. There's no use trying to trail that car. And we won't go back to the yard. There are a few people we're going to call on. Three, to be exact. Thomas Waterford? Yes, he's the first on the list. 1655 East Waverly Lane. What is it? Hello, Waterford. Remember me? What do you want, Davis? Mind if I come in? Thanks. Well... 
Where have you been all evening? Davis, because I was once in prison, that doesn't make me accountable to you or anyone for my actions now. Well, there's no need to chuck your weight about it. I came here in order to protect you. Thank you. But I'm quite capable of taking care of myself. Waterford, half an hour ago, a petty criminal told me that you had asked her to murder me. Stuff and nonsense. I haven't been out of my apartment all evening. Have you a witness to that effect? No. And frankly, Davis, isn't the whole idea rather imaginative? Well, the woman who told me of the plot was shot down a few minutes ago. Oh, I see. And I'm under arrest, eh? No, not yet. But I advise you not to try to leave London for a few days. It might not be healthy for you. Hello, Moxley. Oh, what do you want? Do you mind telling me where you've been all evening? Why? It has nothing to do with buying stolen jewelry, Moxley. I'm investigating a murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Oh, Well, what did you do this evening? Nothing of importance. Rather a stupid evening, in fact. I I went to the theater, the Pell-Mell, and after the show, I stopped at the roof club for a bite to eat. What time did you get back here? About 20 minutes ago. I see. Moxley, if you're smart, and I think you are, you won't try to leave London until I give you a clean bill of health. Sure, you, Inspector, that this whole idea is absurd. Where were you tonight, Johnson? Now, see here, Davis. Just because I'm slightly involved in the Fredericks murder, that's no reason This for... is an investigation, Johnson, not a murder trial. I advise you to cooperate. I shan't answer any questions I think unfit. Of course not. I merely want to know where you've been this evening, Johnson. Well, I worked at the office until approximately half past eleven. Important papers to rush through, you know. Were you alone? Yes. But perhaps the charwoman saw the light in my rooms. Perhaps not. However, shortly before 11 o'clock, I phoned my partner, Sir Gerald Silversmith. No doubt he'll tell you that I phoned him from the office, Inspector. Well, for your sake, I hope he does, Johnson. However, I must request that you do not leave London for a few days without telling me first. Mm, Just as you say, Davis. Good evening. Where to now, sir? Drive to the yard. Yes, sir. You know, there's only one point left to be cleared up. Which of the three is lying, Waterford, Moxley, or Johnson? Well, Waterford is probably still carrying a grudge against you. Yes, I thought of that. But if I hadn't sent him to jail, somebody else would have. However, Moxley knows I'm trying to get proof that he's buying stolen jewelry. I know he is, but I can't prove it yet. And Johnson believes I know a good deal more than I do about the murder of Elaine Fredericks. We might as well go back to the yard and call it a day, Pauling. Frankly, I'm stymied. Anything else, sir? No, that's all for now. If I could only put my finger on the one point... What brings you down to the yard in the middle of the night, Davis? Oh, hello, Grayson. How did you make out of it? I've got it. Come on, Paulding. Step on the gas and step hard. Now? Yes, I'm leaving immediately. No, it's the only thing. I don't know how much he... Of course he'll know I did it, but he'll never find me once I'm out of England. You'll get your share. I'll mail it from Amsterdam. Right. Yes, he's a a car stopped a few doors away. I think it's time for me to leave. I'll get in touch with you later. Hawkins, are my bags packed yet? Take them to the car, Hawkins, and open the garage doors. Start the... Hawkins, why don't you... Hawkins, answer me. Drop your gun, Moxley. Drop it fast, or... Oh, oh. Did he get you, Pauline? The chest. You're next, Davis. I'm coming for you, Moxley. 
Throw down your gun, Moxley. Drop it. All right. All right, don't shoot. Don't shoot. Don't shoot me. I wouldn't think of it, Moxley. I'm saving you for the hangman. Two days later, when Chief Inspector Davis was visiting Paulding in the hospital, the question arose... You know, Mr. Davis, I never did understand why uh, you suspected Henry Moxley. Personally, I'd have arrested Thomas Waterford. Well, it wasn't exactly Moxley's fault that I suspected him, Paulding. You see, in most circumstances, his alibi would have held water. But the other night, when he told me that he had... Ladies and gentlemen, did you discover the hidden clue that caused Chief Inspector Davis to suspect Henry Moxley? If you did, write into this station and tell us the hidden clue you found. And to check your powers of observation and deduction, listen for the correct hidden clue of this story the next time we present... Suspicion! Suspicion! 